Good morning, CPK. Hi, how are you guys doing today? All right, awesome. We have three things. You guys are already standing, so you already know what they are. First one is we want to dismiss our kids to children's ministry, to see kids, so please dismiss those. And life groups. If you're going to be a life group leader or looking to get more information about life group leading, we're going to dismiss you as well. Secondly, we're going to ask um, that as you're getting ready to greet and welcome people, that you would kind of start to bunch in a little bit of those spaces that have been gapped because our kids are left. So greet everybody with a hi and hello and a hug and all that great stuff. All right, well, good morning again, everybody. It's great to see your wonderful faces. Um, we are starting a new series here called Maximizing the Moments. Maximizing the Moments. We're going to be dealing with several um, passages of Scripture. We're going to be dealing with several concepts on how to maximize, get the most out of your time and your life. Um, we're in such a time in a culture where everything is pressed together. We got to move fast, got to move quick, X, Y, and Z. Um, and how do we start uh, getting the most out of our time? How do we start getting the most out of our life? How does God get the most out of us? And so as we're starting this series entitled Maximizing the Moments, we're going to look at several different um, ideas and topics on how to do that. So uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to ask that you turn to the first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. Shouldn't be a hard find. Um, if you have your phone or your app, Genesis chapter 1. Uh, as you're flipping or turning, it shouldn't be a quick turn or quick flip or quick scroll. As you're flipping or turning, I'm going to pray for us real quick. Father God, bless our time. Bless our thoughts. Bless our heart. Give us insight. Let us learn from you how to grow, how to get the very best and the most out of our lives. Uh, Father, we ask that you would do this, that you would speak to us, that you would uh, push us in the direction where we can find you and find more of your presence, more of your time, and get the best out of life. Father, we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles or the apps, and if you don't, it'll be on the screen as well. If you please stand with us, Genesis, the chapter 1, we'll be reading verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light was good, and then he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night, and evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Amen. You guys may be seated. We're going to kind of jump around in scripture here today, but um, I want you guys to work with me. Uh, we're going to do a little response, a little action here. Um, let's see. I want you guys to remember this is the most important, one of the most important numbers you will ever hear in your entire, entire life. You guys ready? No, you're not. All right, here we go. Here's the most important number you will ever hear in your entire life. That number is 100 
168. You got that? 168. I'm not saying to go play Powerball with those numbers. I'm just saying 168 is the greatest number you're going to hear. Why? Because there are only 168 hours in a week. There's only 168 hours in a week. I want you to repeat after me real quick. There are only 168 hours in a week. Here's the greatest thing you're going to ever say to people. Repeat after me. I only have 168 hours in my week. You only have 168 hours in your week. That's it. There's no more. That is all that you have. God has allotted us in seven days, 168 hours in one week. Time is one of the most important things that you and I have. It is the most important thing that God has given us. And how we deal with time is going to let us know how and where we go and what we do in life. How do I know that time is the most important thing that we have? How do I know that God values time at such a high level? Because the very first thing that God did on the creation of this earth was he created time. It's deep. Let us see again for a second. He didn't create sheep. He didn't create dogs. He didn't create a million dollars. He didn't create it. The first thing he created was to have everybody understand there is a day and there is a night and that there's a certain time in this day and time for us to do things. And at the end of him creating day and night, he took a break. At the end of all these things that we find that Jesus did or God did on the face of the earth, as he started to create the earth, at the end of each day, he said it was good, and I'm done, and I'm taking a break. He understood that there's only so much you can do in time. The God of the universe brought himself under authority to time when it came to creating the whole entire earth. And you and I are trying to put too much into our day, too much into our week, or we're not giving enough. And God has given us specifically time to deal with. I want you to understand today and moving on from this point that you have the opportunity to maximize your time. You have the ability to get the very most out of your time and there's a way to do it. Some of us are way too busy and some of you think you're way too busy. And we'll leave that alone. All right, so here we go. I want to share with you guys um, these five buckets of how to start filling in this time. I want to share with you these five buckets of how to start maximizing your time. I want to share with you these five buckets of how to get the most out of your time, to get the most value out of your time, to get the greatest return out of your time, maximizing the moments with your time. Did I say time enough? All right, let's see. Here we go. The first bucket we're going to deal with is your faith with God, maximizing your time with your faith with God. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17, read like this. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. He says in the very first part of this, he says, I want you to live 
wisely. I want you to live life wisely. I want you to make really good God choices. I want you to start to evaluate your decisions. I want you to start to evaluate your finances. I want you to evaluate your parenting. I want you to evaluate your living. I want you to evaluate the road you're going down. I want you to evaluate everything that you do because I want you to make very wise choices in life. How many times do you step back before you make a decision and do you question and ask God, what is this? Is this the plan? Is this the move? Am I making the best decision with my family, with my finances, with my resources, with my time, with my activities? Father, I want to make the very best wise decisions in you. It's in the scriptures. Don't get mad at me. He says, not only do I want you to make a very wise decisions, he also says in this passage of scripture, I want you to make the most of every opportunity. Am I getting the best value and return for what I'm putting into this? Man, if you had told me some years ago that there was some value and opportunity in some young ladies that I'm putting into that ain't giving me the best return, I probably wouldn't have listened. There you go. But man, when you find somebody, when you find an opportunity, when you can put your best into that person, that is a great return that's going to come back. Are you evaluating the opportunities that are coming your way? Are these the opportunities going to bring me the greatest return? Are these the opportunities where God is going to smile upon it and be super pleased? Are these the opportunities where God's heart is saying, yes, you get it? He says also, don't be what? Foolish. He says, don't, don't just do your own thing. Don't just run around trying to make all kinds of wild decisions because they got it, he got it, she wanted, it, I want it. I'm going to invest all my time, invest all my money, invest all my resources. He says, take these times to make sure these are the best God opportunities and don't do stuff just because you want to do it. Do stuff because you thought about God, you've considered God, you've prayed to God, you've figured, is this the best opportunity to get the very best out of life? He says, just don't do stuff because you want to do it. Don't make what? Foolish decisions. He says, I want you to understand God's will. He says, I want you to understand God's will. Understanding God's will doesn't necessarily mean that you agree fully all the time with it, but it means that you get it. It's kind of tight today. Watch this. So I have 17 kids. I have four kids. It feels like 17 some days. It depends on what's going on. And so sometimes they don't fully, they don't fully agree with why I ask them to do what I want them to do. But they understand because I'm their father. I have the ability to take their life. that they humble themselves enough to do even if they don't fully agree because they understand that there's some kind of authority, there's some kind of penalty, there's some kind of problem, there may be some kind of good that comes out of me saying, do what I'm asking you to do even if you don't get it or even if you don't want to. And so God says, you may not fully always get it, but I want you to understand, I want you to bring yourself under my word, under my truth, under my principle, under my belief, under my way. I want you to bring yourself under it. I want you to understand it to a point where it's God's will. I want you to understand that this is God's, this is God's way, and because it's his way, I'm going to humble myself to it. And he says, when you can humble yourself to my way, when you can understand my will, he says, you will start to understand who I am. You'll have this relationship. You'll start to grow in wisdom. You'll start to take advantage of every opportunity. You'll avoid the foolish decisions and things that you've done and that you were thinking about doing. He says, when you bring yourself 
to understand me. Maximizing my time with God is humbling myself in his word. It's humbling myself in his truth. It's humbling myself to be willing to be under his authority no matter what. And when I start doing that, I make better decisions than I did last year. It's just me. All right. Judah's quiet today, brother. When I start humbling myself under God's will and saying, I understand it, whether I like it or not, she's mad at me, the husband's mad at me, I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to because God is wonderful. That's when I start to understand who God is. Wisdom comes. Wise decisions comes. He says, listen, when you start spending time with God, when you start maximizing your time with God, your whole faith changes. Number two. The second bucket we want to fill is maximizing your time with your family. Proverbs 27, 17 reads like this. As iron sharpens iron, so as a friend sharpens a friend. The scripture talks about people coming together. I wanted to use this scripture because I want you to understand that God says there's significant things that happen when you start investing in people. And the greatest people to invest in are the people that live underneath your roof. The greatest people to invest in are the people that you have blood relation, that you have title and significant exchange of of, a vow relationship with. He says when you invest in these people, great things take place. A great thing that takes place is when two people get together, they start to sharpen one another. In other words, their stuff rubs off on them, and your stuff rubs off on them, and they make each other sharper, stronger, more on point. The people I should be investing in are my children. The people I should be investing in is my wife. Hey, girl, how you doing? You so fine? Mm, Good God, can't wait. Um... And so God says, listen, invest in people that are going to bring you the greatest return. Invest in people. Spend time with folks. Get connected with folks. Get closer. Rub. Get sharper. Make each other better. Make each other stronger. If you're not investing time into your family, you're missing it. If your idea of investing time in your family is I pay for this house, you should be happy, you missed it. If your time and your idea of investing time in your family is I've provided, I've got these bills here, and I've taken care of all of them, and you got some great food to eat, now leave me alone and play on your gadgets, you missed it. That's not investing time in your family. And put the kids aside for a second. If you're not investing in your husband or your wife, you're missing it. It's going to be tight the whole service. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not investing in your husband, if you're not investing in your wife, if you're not trying to maximize your time, you're going to miss it. Here's what the scriptures say. Iron sharpens iron, so it sharpens a friend. You need to be careful who your iron's getting next to if you ain't next to them. You need to be careful who your iron's getting next to if they're not next to you. If you are not getting next to your partner, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, Lord, keep it in the the religious uh, uh, spiritual. Anyway, if you're not getting connected to those people that you need to be connected to, rubbing off on each other in concept, values, teaching, principle, they are going to miss out on opportunities to know who God is. 
Real love should come from husbands and wives that are coming together, sharpening each other, loving each other, caring for each other, forgiving one another. And when those things don't happen, somebody becomes what? Dull. And when things aren't together long enough and something doesn't rub against somebody else and they start to become dull when some other instrument comes into the house or the workplace or the gym, I'm going down there, yeah, gyms, something will start rubbing up against somebody else and it will change the dynamic of your marriage and your household. Spending time investing in one another is what's going to allow you and I to grow. It's going to allow your marriage to grow. It's going to allow your family to grow. It's going to allow your children to grow. It's going to allow things to be sharper and better when they get connected with one another. What does that look like? I'm glad you asked me. When our family takes a trip to the museum, we're sharpening one another. We're spending quality time. When our family says we're going to sit in the living room and just watch a movie, we're doing quality time. When we start engaging in an in intellectual conversation with our kids, yes, you can do that somehow, smack the phone out of their hands or something, or with each other, you're engaging in intellectual conversation, you're sharpening each other. When you engage in spiritual conversation, you're engaging in sharpening each other. Thought-provoking conversation, talking about God, taking trips, all these kind of things help shape and mold the belief and the principle that you and I are getting stronger together. And if you're not willing to do that, if your football game is more important, if your conversation on the phone is more important, if this ain't my show so I'm not watching it, I'm going to sleep or downstairs or out in the yard to go sew something or fix something, you're missing it. Spending time with your family is what's gonna help shape them and mold them to be the very best men and women that your children can be, the very best men and women you can be in your relationships. Number three, a third bucket you wanna fill. Your functions, your jobs, your duties, your responsibilities. You wanna maximize the time in your functions, your jobs, your duties, your responsibilities. Here's Psalms 127 verses one through two. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is, use, it is useless for you to work so hard from early in the morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Stop right there. He literally says... For all of us workaholics and for all of us worriers. <laughs> Look at somebody else. For all of us workaholics and all of us worriers. He said, you can do all the work you want to. You can worry about it all day long. You can work, work through it all weekend. You can plot it out in your mind. You can plan it out all day. And he says, unless God's hand is on it, unless his peace is on it, unless his spirit's on it, you will have absolutely no rest. It's because there's a certain point where I have to say, as much as I've done, as much as I've invested, I trust it to God, and God will do it and take care of the rest. And that's all I can say. I am, I am I'm a workaholic. I'm a workaholic. I got to plan my sabbaticals. I work so hard. I plan my days off because I'm a workaholic. My, one of my greatest faults. Do you guys remember when we had the bonfire, the church bonfire? You guys remember that? 
there was like eight of us huddled up against, um, um, whose van was that? Jake's van, you some of you guys remember. And we had a flashlight and we were planning out how we're gonna start our org chart. In the middle of the church bonfire, when it's just a free good time hanging out, we're in the back with flashlights in the cold on the side of a truck trying to figure out how to put an org chart together. And I was more than glad to do that than talk to y'all because I'm on work mode. You're shaking your heads. <laughs> I have this problem. You have to understand that God says it's great that, you are, that you're putting your time into it, but you worrying about it, you fixating on it, you, you struggling, you wrapping your mind around it, you putting all that you have into it to a point where it becomes unhealthy. You got to understand that I'm the Lord. Put your work into it and step away. Put your time into it and step away. People lose sleep most of the time because they are worried and consumed about it. If it's the Lord and God's hands are on it, if his spirit is on it, if you've prayed about it, then at the end of the day, give it to him to fix. I'm great when we have our ministry meetings and we start talking about, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, we've tried everything. Let's see what God does. I go right to bed, sleep. Not worried. He'll figure it out. It's his stuff. Where I do fail is that I am working all the time. That's something I have to work on. He says, I want you to maximize your functions. I want you to maximize your functions and how much work you put into things. But I also want you to look at part B. I want you to maximize your functions in this aspect. Proverbs 6, 20, uh, 6 through 9 says this. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will, it, when will you wake up? Wow. We got one group of people that are working so hard, they're so anxious, they're doing so much that they can't get any sleep and any rest, and there's some of you that got work to be done and you're sleeping the whole day. It's funny, because I'm talking to you guys and you guys are like this. And you guys are like, I'm not even looking at you today, dude. Not even looking at it. What time is this over? Listen, God is saying to us, listen, I get that you have work. I get that you have things to do. But for you just to mail it in and not do anything? Those dishes have been there for 17 weeks? You pick up one and four stuck to them? That basket of laundry is just piled up to the ceiling. Like your goal of, of, of laundry now is you're trying to climb on top of. The basket is way down here. And you're. No, 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 no. Back up, back up, back up, back up. I'll get to that next week. What? Are you serious? Like I get that you have work and responsibilities, but if, you're, if life is so out of whack that you're just like, man, whatever, I'll get you. We got to start rearranging our time and maximizing our time. What are we putting into life so much that we can't get the dishes done or we can't get the clothes done? How busy are, are we that things are getting neglected at home? Or how lazy are we that we're not putting our time into our kids, our family, our finances, our resources, our responsibilities? <sighs> man. He says, look at the ant. They don't even have a captain, and they know how to work. And you need a tight 12 hours of sleep and another tight 12 hours of rest. Okay. He says, start maximizing your time. 
to start getting the most out of your work. Don't work too much, but also don't work so much that you can't do anything. Don't be so lazy that you ain't doing nothing. Because, bucket number four, maximize your time of building in some fun. Ecclesiastes 3, 4 says this. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. He says there's a time to have fun. We get that you got to work. Put that in priority. There's a time that you have to spend time on your knees praying to the Lord. There's times you have to sow into your family. There's times taking all these things. Also, put in the time to have fun. If you work so hard that when you come home, all you do is pass out, eh, no. Have some fun. Live a little bit. But put that in your schedule to have fun. There's times to be spontaneous. But if you're spontaneous and it's taking up all the stuff you ought to be doing or should be doing, you're missing the moments. Hi, students. How you guys doing today? Oh, Zeph sits straight up. I said, hi, students. He's like, oh, we're going to meet. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Like, you have opportunities to get schoolwork done. You have opportunities to play on the phone. Maximize your time. Get it done first. Let me talk to the students for a second. Parents, don't check out fully, but just hang in there for a second. Listen, all I want to do is have fun. I'm going to look right at you. All I want to do is have fun when I get out of school. I don't want mom talking to me. I don't want dad talking to me. I don't want to hear about this homework. So what did I start doing? As soon as I came home, I did my work. Because when they asked me at 530, did you do your work? Sure enough, did. Going out to the gym. Bye. Can't talk to me. Work's done. I woke up on the morning time on Saturday, 6 o'clock, scrubbed them toilets, mopped that floor. Why? Because I got three dates on Saturday. I was a wild boy. I had three dates on Saturday. Nobody's holding me back. I got everything done. Yay! You want to come home, play video games, talk on the phone, ah, la, la, la. then we ask you about homework. And, ah, why you got to? Really? Maximize your time. And then you can plan to have fun. Parents, husbands, fathers, single ladies. Single ladies, I'm sorry. Single ladies. (laughs) If you maximize your time, then you should be able to plan in your what? Free time to do fun, free things. Let's just say fun time. Watch number five, because this is where things get a little tricky. Um, Maximize your free time. Genesis 2, 2. Two, three. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. And the God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of creation. Stop. The God of the universe understands the importance of having a free day. Amen. There's a mic drop. The God of the universe understands the importance of having a free day. The God of the universe understands the importance of free time. What you and I do is we take our fun time and we put it in our free time. And when we're done with our fun time that's been put into our free time, we need another day off from our day off. Right? You plan all this stuff, and we go, we're going to have fun. We're going to go mountain climbing. I don't know who does that. But we're going to go mountain climbing. We're going to go fishing. We're going to go shooting. We're going to go hunting. We're going to play video games. We're going to go to the movies. And, buy, and you planned out everything. You do all this fun stuff, and you got nothing left in the tank. 
And the next day you're like, jeez, I don't never want to have fun again. I was more work on my fun day. I'm never doing that. If you plan fun time, you should also plan in what? Free time. And if you say, I don't have all those buckets to do all of that, then you need to rearrange your time and you need to move some things off and onto your schedule. Because the God of the universe has some free time. What's your free time? Watch this. Here's what they're doing with their free time. You ready to do the, watch this. Next passage of scripture. Same thing, point B, free time, Proverbs 6, 9 through 11. But you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep? A little more slumber? A little more folding the hands to rest? Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. He says, some of us are sleeping our free time away. And that's okay. You can sleep in your free time. But when your free time starts to pour into another bucket of time that you should be using, it's costing you something. And it says that poverty, it says that poorness, it says that you will be broken areas of life because you have slept away, napped away all of this free time that bled into other areas of time. I'm in the scriptures. It's right there. He says, if you just... Pour into that free time to the point where you're using it, abusing it beyond what God had intended it for. It's going to be a bucket that now pours into another bucket. Remember I said we got five buckets. When your free time starts to pour into other areas of your time, it's going to mess up everything else. It's going to rob you of stuff. It's going to be like a robber that pounces on you quickly. And you'll find yourself broke and ruined. Your free time, all that extra time will start pouring into your marriage and pouring into your kids. I just want to go out one more night. Why can't I, why can't I do it? I, I, ah. And when your kids are ruly, excuse me, unruly and cantankerous and bitter and full of hatred, and when your spouse don't like you, I got to ask myself, how much did I pour out into another bucket that affected another bucket? Man. And so he says, it's great that you have free time, but when you start to abuse your free time, it's out of order. God wants us to get the most out of life, and we can only do that when our buckets are in the right proportion. It means that you're going to have to go home and start evaluating each bucket of life. If I listed five buckets and God is bucket number seven on this bucket list, we got a problem. He says, maximize the time with me, maximize the time with your family, maximize the time with your jobs or your functions. If you can maximize those things, then you'll understand the joy and the privilege of having fun. And when you understand fun, you'll also understand how to have free time to recover and be alone and enjoy and have peace. I think God enjoyed his work. He said each time that he created something in Genesis, it is what? Good. He took pleasure in his work. It is good. It brought him joy. He was pleased with it. He was excited about it. But you know what he also did? He took time to walk away from it. Even the God of the universe who found pleasure in his work understood it's time to shut it down. 
And if the God of the universe understands there's a certain amount of time he has to allot to something he loves doing, that includes free time and that includes uh, uh, fun, you've got to learn that there's times to shut it down, move on to the next one. I'm asking you to do a budget on your life. I'm asking you to do an audit on your life. I'm asking you to open up the books of your life and see how much time and where is my time going. Has anybody done a budget before? Lord knows we know. <laughs> we did a couple of them things. You look at your budget and you say, where is this money going? We're paying this much for cable? How much are they eating? <laughs> right, too. How much is milk nowadays? Oh, my God. How, what are we doing? And you sit through, and you're amazed at this budget, you're blown at how off this budget is, and you start to put it in place so that you can live better. And God is saying to maximize your time with me, maximize your time on this earth, to maximize your time at who God is calling you to be, you got to do a budget on your life. And it starts not with your money, it doesn't start with anything else, but where your time is. How do I know? Because... If you make a million dollars a year, you make a million dollars a year, and you spend $500,000 on food, you got a problem. What's that mean? It means that you are putting too much time in the stuff you, you, why can't you cook? Why are you out all the time? What are you doing when you're out? Why are you spending this money? How much time does it take to go out? Are your kids learning any cooking skills? Where's Olivia? She's out helping out with the nursery. That girl cook everything in the house. Everything. She done baked up all the eggs. But that's because mom has spent time with her learning how to do those things. And she'll wake up Saturday morning and little Miss Susie Q will fix up all the bread and all the everything. We ain't got no bread, bread no eggs for bacon and eggs in the morning. She didn't use it all for muffins. We got 28 muffins and one scrambled egg. <laughs> no sense. <laughs> I made muffins. That's great, but we're hungry. <laughs> but it's investing this time in your people, in your family. It's rearranging the budget of your household to figure out what should life look like in proportion to God. And now that I see that I'm spending 500000 on food, well, maybe we need to worry about fixing food at home. Maybe we need to make this a principle we can share to our kids. Maybe we can start, and all of this starts to change what? Your household, you're spending time together learning how to cook. I love to eat, learn how to make a steak. I like steak, let's learn how to make a steak. Can't you make a steak? No, we're going to make a steak together. I don't want to make a steak. Shut up, we're making a steak. And in these moments where there's life skills that are being taught, we're now seeing that we're maximizing our time. So this money's out of order. Let's get ourselves together. Why are we eating out so much? Well, how much time are we putting into this food? How much time are we spending out? How much time could we invest in our family? What can we do when we invest in our family? We could all cook together. We could eat together, sit at the table together, do things together, we can clean together. All this stuff starts to what? Change. You see where I'm going with this? And because we did a budget and we did an audit on our time and we start moving things around, now these buckets start to become full. Well, now we're starting to spend time together. We had, we're elders, we're, we had an elders meeting, right? And, it, and it's Friday night, and it's snowing, and it's ice, and, and nobody wants to travel, and the roads are dangerous, so we did a phone call elder meeting. <sighs> Man, that was long. We did an elders meeting on a phone call, 
And two of the kids said, I just want to spend time with you. I said, I got an elders meeting. It's going to be long. They sat down quietly in the living room next to me while I'm at the desk, and they watched TV and sat on their tablet, and that's the kind of time they could get. They could have been upstairs, but they wanted to maximize whatever moment they could get. Y'all feel me? And when we got done, I came upstairs and I said, hey, you guys want to spend the time together? We talked about spending together. And they were like, uh, it's late. We'll watch TV. But even in your most busiest moments, can you find a way to make something connect a little bit? Y'all, y'all, yeah. God is causing you to, and calling you to audit your time. This is where your life's going to change. If you don't get anything else from what I'm saying today, here's your takeaway. Make the most out of the time God has given you. Make the most out of the time God has given you. Are your phone calls more important? If they're important, can you put it in a box? I do counseling every other week. I want to maximize certain times that I have. When my wife says I'm maximizing too much of my counseling time, Make adjustments. It's a real deal thing, right? Because I got to maximize the time. We got a cruise coming up. I'm gonna tell, I ain't going to tell you when because y'all won't come to church. We got a cruise coming up. <laughs> you know how it is. Nobody come to church when you like the pastor not here. We got a cruise coming up in a few months. And I'm working, and I'm here every Sunday, and I'm taking all your calls, and I can't wait to pray with you, and I Facebook message you, and I love to talk to you, and we can, we can do all those things. When my cruise comes up, you got leaders in the church. You better call them. If you're waiting here from the past, you're going to have a rough week. You're going to have a rough seven, eight, nine days because the phone is off for you. It's not that I, I hate you. But I'm going to maximize my time, and you, you can't get that time when I'm doing my family stuff. And it's not against you. I love you. I'm working every day with you. Too much sometimes, I hear. <laughs> but when it's my time, I'm shutting it down. And if you don't have a life where you can shut things down and understand the importance of this as much as this bucket can take, you're going to miss life, and that poverty is going to hop up on you. There's still time to refill and organize your buckets. Let's pray. God, by your grace, by your mercy, by your wisdom, by your love, you challenge us. You speak to us. You push us. You shove us to be the men and women of God you call us to be. Father, let us humble ourselves in your presence. Let us submit ourselves to your authority. Father, let us make the most out of the time that you've given us. Let it start today. Let's replace and replant our thoughts and our heart, our desires. Let's be the day where our marriage is better because we put you first. Our relationships that I've seen non-existent with our children begin to grow because we are reinvesting in it. It may be difficult. It may not be what everyone's accustomed to. Give us boldness to change the budget of the time in our life. We get the most of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.